Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another very special episode of Soul Talk. I've been loving doing these podcast episodes and loving hearing from all of you, Uh, just hearing your takeaways, your insights, your breakthroughs, and just how Soul Talk is changing your lives. We've had amazing guests, and uh, today's no different. Um, uh, I'm thrilled to invite a very special guest, someone I consider a dear friend, someone I don't actually get to spend enough time with, but consider him a soul brother. I think he's brilliant in his own way, uh, successful on many different levels. But, you know, one thing that really strikes me about this human being that I'm about to introduce is every time I meet with him, he has a heart of just pure gold and and warmth and kindness. One of the most sincere, kindest human beings I'm I, I could say I've met in my lifetime. I spent the last 25 years helping people improve their memory, learn to speed read, increase their decision-making skills, unleash their super brains. So he's, he, today he's going to help you unleash some of your superpowers. He shared some of his cutting-edge techniques at universities like NYU, Harvard, Columbia, Stanford, uh, companies like Nike, GE, Zappos, you know, just small companies, and uh, billionaire geniuses like Richard Branson and Elon Musk. So get your pens and notepads ready. I'm very excited to uh, introduce my dear friend Jim Quick. Jim, welcome to Soul Talk. Coot, this is uh, this is a real honor and a privilege. Thank you for your warmth and your your wisdom over the years. Appreciate you and everybody who's tuning in. I'm excited about this. Awesome, brother. Been excited to uh, jam with you. Uh, I have so many questions I want to pick your brain on and ask that I think will have a lot of benefit for those listening in. But I'm just curious, you know, you're a sort of a, a brain, you know, you're CEO of Quick Learning, a learning expert, memory speed reading expert, you're a speaker. Um, I'm just curious for those listening in, like, how, how did you go from, I guess you were known as a boy with the broken brain, right? And, and you had a childhood injury mm-hmm. at age five. But how, how did you go from that to being this memory, speed reading, you know, learning expert that teaches companies and geniuses around the world? I mean, how, how does that happen? What what happened from there to now? Share a bit of your story. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some people could relate to this. That some, for me, my inspiration was my desperation. It's kind of interesting you know, when we're going on our soul's journey, that uh, sometimes our biggest difficulties become our strengths, that our struggles could lead to superpowers and our challenges could lead to positive change. Um, for me, it wasn't an easy road. Um, when people see me on stage, they'll see me do these 
mental feats where I'll have a hundred people stand up and introduce themselves and I'll remember all their names or I'll have a hundred people share a hundred different numbers or a hundred different words and I'll memorize them forwards and backwards as fast as people could give them to me. But I didn't always start out that way because I believe everybody um, who's listening to this could do that and a whole lot more. We just weren't taught. I feel like we were taught a lie that somehow our potential or our intelligence, our memory, for instance, is somehow fixed like our shoe size. And I think the nature of our work could, you know, just for us and so many who are in this community even listening is about transcending. It's about ending the trance, ending this mass hypnosis, you know, propagated through media or marketing that really preys on our fears of not being enough, that um, somehow we're broken. You know, I got that label, the boy with the broken brain, from one of my teachers at the age of nine, you know, and it, I don't think it was done out of malice. It's just, you know, it's just this hypnosis that, you know, we feel like, you know, we, 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 aren't, we aren't what we could be. And, um, and I really do believe, I know this because, you know, the way I was able to overcome my biggest challenges, it took about a decade and a half of focus to be able to relearn and unlearn things that I you know, learned in school um, because I feel like school is a great place to learn what to learn and not how to learn. You know, they teach you what to learn and what to think, but not how to learn and how to think. And I always thought that, you know, maybe at the 20th century, the turn of the 20th century, that was okay for people to just regurgitate information and, you know, uh, just follow simple directions since they're working on assembly lines. But we live in a very different world today, right? We live in a, a world of autonomous electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars. But when it comes to learning or education, our vehicle is not a spaceship or, an, you know, an electric car. It's a, it's a horse and buggy because, you know, everything has changed so much, but our education system hasn't changed as, as fast to keep up with the times. And it's not a slight against teachers. You know, my mother yeah. became a school teacher, a special education teacher, because she wanted to help me. I, I love teachers. We get to work and train a lot of teachers and professors. But it's just a system issue, much like our healthcare system or any system that, you know, people that are, you know, not quick to change because some people are incentivized not to change it. And so, you know, my thing is no brain left behind. That's my mission through my podcast, through our videos, through our social media is empowering people to unleash their most powerful gift that they have, which is found between their ears, which is their brain, which you know has an influence on everything, our career, our health, our, our family, our you know, relationships. But our brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. You know, and it's not user-friendly. And while we use all our brains, some people use it more efficiently than other people. So, you know, a lot of people know I read a book a day, or at least five books a week, you know. Wow. But a lot of people wow. on the other side is they, they buy books and they just, sit, they just sit on the shelf, right? And it becomes yeah. shelf-help, not, self, not self-help, right? Yeah. So I want to help people to take knowledge and turning it into real power because knowledge, I feel like, the big lie in the self-improvement, personal development industry is knowledge is power because it's not, mm. right? We know this. It has the potential to be power, but it only becomes power when we use it. 
but all the books, the audios, podcasts, seminars, online programs, coaching, none of it works unless we work. And the nature of my work is to take, you know, information because we're just, we're, we're drowning information, but we're starving for yeah. real wisdom. That's why I, I love what you're doing. I've always loved your work because it's, you're offering people inspiring wisdom that, that's practical in today's world. You know, it's timeless and it's timely. And I feel like that's what people are hungry for. They're hungry, you know, not for the food that they're eating, but they're, they're, they're hungry for something in their soul and they're trying to get it from other places. You know, everyone's looking for external validation. And if your life is being fueled by, you know, other people's opinions, positive or negative, we're going to run out of gas. Right. You literally could go broke buying into other people's opinions and expectations for your life. And, uh, you know, my, my thing is, you know, knowing yourself, trusting yourself, loving yourself, having the courage to be yourself. And then we're all on this journey. Right. And so I feel like, you know, where my focal point is, is this area of the mind, because I feel like we do our just uh, ourselves a disservice. We're told that our, our brain is the most powerful supercomputer on the planet, most, you know, complex thing in the known universe. But then why do we forget someone's name? You know, just seconds after mm. we heard it. Why do we, why do we read a page in a book, get to the end and just forget what we just read? Why do we go to the, yeah. the air? Why do we go to air one or, you know, our local health food store to buy one thing? We come back with two bags of things, except for that one thing we went there to buy. Right. You know? What the hell happened? I feel like the, yeah. yeah, exactly. I feel like these lapses, two of the most costly words sometimes in our life are I forgot. You know, I forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot that conversation I was having with that person. I forgot, you know, what I was going to say. I forgot that meeting. I forgot that that name, you know. It's just, it's, you know, nobody's perfect, but I feel like that should have been the fourth R in school. They teach you reading, writing, arithmetic. But what about retention? What about recall? Yeah. What about remembering. Socrates says learning is remembering. And I don't just mean remembering facts, figures, formulas, all the stuff we teach in our podcast. I mean, most people don't remember their life. You know, they don't remember if your life is worth living. It's worth remembering. But we forget, most people forgot what they had for breakfast, much less the, the magical moments right. that they've had. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, when you and I are together, it's, it's so meaningful to me because that's the second L. Besides remembering your life, you want to remember your loved ones, you know, but most people don't remember the people that are in their lives. You know, I, I, I lost my, oh, I don't talk about this very often, but I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's, you know, and it's just when somebody is losing their memory, they, they're not the same person. You know, they, when they call you, they, they I remember spending time as, as, as a child, they, you know, we, we would talk about something, and then in five minutes later, she's bringing up the same thing, and we just talked about it, or she would call me by a different name mm -hmm. or something, or not remember who I was, or, you know, that's a lot of times I spend time in um, nursing homes, senior centers, and not to teach them uh, the residents memory training, but just just to learn from them. You know, people have yeah. life, you know, different generations, so much wisdom there. And, you know, and, and, and maybe it's just them polishing off their memory that's so, you know, useful and incredible also. And I feel like my, one of my primary beliefs is we can learn something from everybody. Everybody's had different, 
you know, peaks and valleys and, and life lessons. But that's really the third L besides remembering your life and remembering your loved ones, remembering your lessons. You know, a lot of people, we've all heard this quote in personal development, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? Yes. But I don't think, I don't think that's insanity. I think it's just a bad memory, (laughs) a poor memory. You know, we repeat these, these, these same problems. Right. Think about it. We, we, people, they complain about dating the same person because, and the same problem over and over again, even if they switch people, it's the same person, (laughs) right? Um, Mm. Because they don't remember the lesson or they get Mm. sick again, you know, or they go out partying and eat crappy food and they don't remember how bad they felt. So they do it again. So that's why they do it. It's not insanity. It's just a bad memory or they, they make the same mistake in their business. They hire the same kind of bad people or they, they make the same mistake investments or they get involved in another same kind of venture because we don't remember. And that's why, you know, again, yes, remember facts and figures and foreign languages, all the techniques and tricks we teach, but also just have a good memory. So you have a better life. You know, a memory is a, is a, is a multiplier of your life. You know, it's, it's meant to enhance everything else. It'll, if you know, with a good memory, your relationship is better. You remember anniversaries. You remember, you know, the meaningful things that your partner values. You remember to take out the garbage, right? You know, in your just, business. Just, just you tiny things, right? Just, just tiny yeah, things. exactly. But these are really important things in a huge way. I'm curious, Jim, as you're, yeah. as you're sharing, uh, I'm really getting even more so, like, why you're doing you know, what you're doing, because it's not just about learning facts and figures and numbers. It's really about really connecting with the, the why and the important things in life and ultimately life and love and connection. And uh, but for those that might be listening in, because I heard you say, you know, you remember these facts and figures and, 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 and you know, I've seen you do some crazy feats at your during some of your talks. And I know there might be some people thinking, but, you know, I'm just not that intelligent or I'm stupid or I'm just I'm not that mm. smart or I could never I could never do what Jim does. I mean, Jim is just a genius. You're just born that way. And so firstly, there's kind of two questions in one. Is it like is it really part, it, is everyone really capable of it? Because, you know, we hear it, Jim, in person, we're all capable. We can do anything. You can fly if you believe. Like, is everyone really possible of doing remembering having that kind of brain power that I've seen you demonstrate remembering names and mm-hmm. figures. And so that's the first thing. And then if so, uh, what are some of the things that folks listening, listening in can begin doing to cultivate and strengthen their brain and their sort of brain power to, to be able to, to get to that level, let's say, that you've achieved brain-wise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's really the magic question. And so let's, let's unpack that. Coot, 100%, I, I'm living proof that anyone could do this because I have these learning difficulties. But after teaching this for over 25 years and having worked with people of all ages, I mean, children with severe learning challenges and attention issues to seniors that feel like that they're they're losing their minds to parents that feel like senior moments are coming too early, you know, the breadth of it. And what I could tell you is there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's just a trained memory and an untrained memory. And I believe 
it's been my experience working with thousands and countless individuals. Like we have students in over 180 countries online, and so we have a lot of data. Is that I know that you know we've discovered more about the human brain more in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined. And what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own abilities. Now, regardless of who's listening to this, no matter your age, your background, your career, your education, your financial situation, your gender, your personal history, your maybe you took an IQ test, none of that matters. What matters is that you want to make a positive change. And, and genius can be learned, you know, because genius leaves clues. And I don't just mean intelligence like IQ, because I think that's a, one of, it's not a very reliable measure of somebody's potential, you know, and their powers, if you will. You know, I mean, when you think about standardized tests back in high school, you know, we all took like the SATs and that was such a big deal to get into college and yeah. we put all of our pressure on there. But think about it. That was, that measured our verbal and mathematical ability. Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. yes, those are those are two important intelligences, if you will. But science and research shows, and even common sense shows, there are more forms of intelligence that are not being uh, measured in in those standardized tests. You know, studies done by Howard Gardner out of Harvard mentioned things like the obvious ones, like what about visual spatial intelligence, meaning like the great artists and architects you know, of the modern days. What about um, kinesthetic intelligence, people who are great athletes and, you know, and dancers? What about interpersonal intelligence, people who are just great people, you know, connectors? You know, they have great, they have great ability to connect with individuals, great salespeople or interviewers. You know, what about great musical intelligence? people who are great composers and musicians, and they just go intrapersonal intelligence, you know, where interpersonal with self to others. What about self to self? You know, people who really understand the human psyche and the, the, the human condition. And so what I'm here to say is that it's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart. And there's a huge distinction between the two. Everyone's asking how smart you know, is my partner or how smart are my kids or how smart's my team? It's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? And that's the other part is that, you know, an IQ test, you know, doesn't give you a great reliable score on, on your potential because it doesn't measure, you know, all these different areas. And it says that it's fixed, which is absolutely not true, right? I could show anybody how to do better on those kind of tests because it's all strategy. Because the nature, for anyone who wants to get better at this, what the science is saying, and I, I teach this everywhere. At Harvard, I teach this at Singularity University. I teach, I've done trainings for the Cleveland Clinic at the Center for Brain Health, where they do all the top research on Alzheimer's and dementia. I train their doctors, their caregivers, their researchers. And what science is even saying is that only one-third of your your memory for is predetermined by genetics and biology. But that means two-thirds is in your control. And that, that's amazing. Two-thirds, twice as much. I mean, some, some people in, suggest that we have 100% control. You know, you study epigenetics and the power of thoughts and things, the biology of belief. But even if you look at it conservatively, one-third is, is predetermined, but two-thirds is, you know, your lifestyle. And so, 
what I'm here to say is no matter somebody's age or background or their, their history, their level of education, none of that matters. What I'm saying is genius can be trained. And so what I'm really saying is if somebody's going to walk out with, uh, you know, like a deep understanding is to take nouns and turn them into verbs. What do, what do I mean by that? So many people in their language, because I know you're a, you're a wordsmith yourself also as well, is we know words have power. But so many people Absolutely. say things that, oh, I, I have a bad memory or I don't, I, I don't have creativity today. I don't have focus or I don't have motivation. I don't have energy. Fill in the blank. And, it, and it's always something they have, which makes it a noun, you know, so they either wake up and they have focus or they don't. But I'm here to say is what if you took those nouns and you turn them into verbs? What if you don't have focus? What if you do focus? What if you don't have motivation? What if you do motivation? What if you don't have creativity? You do creativity, you know, because then you turn it into a process and you also are proactive making it something you can do as opposed to just, oh, I hope fate or the universe gives me some motivation today, hands me out a few ounces of creativity today, you know, and then because it's, they're reacting, right? It's the difference, yeah. you know, what I love being with you, it's like it's the difference between hanging out with a thermometer and hanging out with a the thermostat. Like a thermometer, mm-hmm. like another way, another way we learn is through metaphors, right? It's one of the best mm-hmm. ways, I mean, the greatest teachers, including yourself, we, we, you know, you teach with parable, you teach with stories, right? And metaphors mm-hmm. are a way of encoding information. So think about it, a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. A thermostat, the primary function is a thermostat reacts to the environment. That's all it does. It literally reacts to whatever the environment is giving it, right? And sometimes as human beings, we're guilty of this. We react to the economy. We react to the weather. We react to how clients treat us, right? You know, and so, but the true, the people who are the happiest and most fulfilled and centered and at peace, they they know that it's not coming from the outside. I mean, they, all the great teachers will show that. It's like they have the locus of control on the inside, and they, they clean, they step into that, meaning they're a, more of a thermostat, because a thermostat doesn't react mm. to the environment. Yes, it gauges the environment, but what does the thermostat do? It sets the temperature and all this, what happens to the environment. The environment rises and raises to that to meet that standard and you know and we are all constantly setting a standard or a temperature as a thermostat you know a goal a vision you know for like right now everybody is you know at the health that they're setting their their temperature at right or or their career or their income because success is an inside-out process i posted this recently on Instagram, just the story of, you know, we did a, put a video on there, thousands and thousands of shares, tens of thousands of views, just about Roger Bannister and how when he broke the form in a mile, he did it through a process of visualization. He would see himself crossing the finish line and inside his mind, you know, would see the clock saying 359 because he knows what all leaders know, that success is, is an outside projection, you know, inside out that you have to see it inside before you make it on the outside. Just like, you know, I remember meeting Wayne Dyer for the first time and, you know, in Hawaii and then sharing the stage with him subsequently afterwards. You know, he said, you know, Jim, you know, you've heard it before, but it's not, you know, you'll believe it when you see it. It's the opposite. You'll see it when you believe it. And, and so I feel like 
a good starting point for everybody here is the reason why I do these demonstrations on stage, you know, these mental feats is to shake up that belief. Because after Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, then what happened? Then other people started breaking the four-minute mile. And it wasn't like a big advancement in shoe technology and training methodology and nutrition supplementation. It was a change in in belief because the belief back then was, the human heart couldn't sustain a sub four minute mile and it would explode in your chest. You would die. You know, and wow. if that was the belief, no wonder nobody was breaking a four minute mile, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so all it's possible for everyone. Belief driven. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. it so is. It's, it's like you, anybody. It's possible. Absolutely. And then so the, that, that means you want to find out where the focal points are that really open up everything. Like I, um, yeah. I did a podcast episode recently, and I filmed it in a power plant, a power plant, like an actual power plant. And the story mm. I shared was, one day the power plant, really, really busy, uh, just stopped out of nowhere, a dead silence, and the, the employees are running around frantically. They don't know what's the matter. And after a few hours, the operations manager picks up the phone. And, and calls the local technician and the local technician is like, you're lucky. I'm right just around the corner. Technician shows up and the operations manager is like, you got to help us. You know, we're losing all this business. This is very dangerous. All this money, everything. Save us. And the oper- and the technician walks around the floor of the power plant. And in this power plant, there are a lot of beams there. And on these beams are lots of different electrical boxes, as you can imagine. He goes to one specific beam. And on that beam, he goes to one specific electrical box. He takes out a magic marker, puts a big X on that electrical box. <laughs> he opens it up, mm-hmm. and inside the electrical box are all these bolts and wires and screws. He goes to one specific screw. He turns it not even a quarter of an inch. And all of a sudden, when he does, the entire power plant turns on. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the, the operations manager is, is elated. He says, thank you so much. You mm-hmm. saved the day. He says, how much do I owe you? And the technician looks him right in the eyes and said, that'll be $10,000. And then the operations <laughs> manager like, you're kidding. You were here for five minutes. All you did was turn a screw. He's like, give me an itemized right. bill. Break, break that down a little bit. And he says, no problem. Technician reaches into his back pocket, takes out his notebook, scribbles something on a page, rips it out, hands it to him. And the operations <laughs> manager looks at it. And he walks over, he says, I understand. He goes to his desk, takes out his checkbook, gives him $10,000, you know, a check for $10,000. If you look at the bill, mm-hmm. it says this, turning screw, $1. Knowing what screw to turn, $9,999. And we hear it, this story, and people are listening like, what do you, what's this brain coach saying, that I have a screw loose? And that, that's not the, the lesson. The lesson is, is, First of all, just note that knowledge is not only power, it's profit, right? Mm-hmm. All of us listening to this, nobody is necessarily paid for their, their brute strength. You're paid for your brain strength in today's economy. You're not paid for your muscle power. You're paid for your mind power because the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. That's what that's your value. Your ability to think, solve problems, create, and that, that's, the, the, that's the value, you know, in society, and that's how you're compensated. So, you know, invest in learning how to learn. I think if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, it's your ability to learn faster 
because you could apply that towards anything. So what can people do, Jim? What, what, you know, yeah, so, like, okay, I, I, I believe Jim, exactly. Jim, you have proved the point. You have run the four-minute so, mile. If well, Jim can here, do it, I can do it. What, what, what can I do now? How do, how do I here, here develop the, that muscle? Here's, here's the, the second lesson from the story because it answers your question. The second lesson from mm. the story is not only is knowledge, power, and profit, is there are certain screws that what we call a focal point in your life. There are certain screws that are a focal point that once you make a small change, it makes a huge difference. They call it in the military, they call it a force multiplier, where you get more output from the same amount of input. So I've identified 10 screws that really are the lead dominoes. These are the dominoes that are up front and knock all the other little ones down after that, or the bigger ones, if you will, but you got to get these first. And these are what I would fall in the two-thirds. When I say one-third of your memory or that potential is predetermined by genetics and biology, two-thirds is your control. There are ten screws, metaphorical screws, that you could turn that's going to turn your brain on, to, to have people have what I call a quick brain. So here are the ten things people need to be aware of. Number one, and when I'm going through this, this list is going to be very common sense because, as you know, Crude, like yeah. it's not – common sense is not always common practice. So what I'm going to ask people to do as they're listening to this is to roll up your sleeve. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's only because power when you apply it. And what I want you to do is be honest with yourself and rate yourself on a scale of 0 to 10 at, at how well you're putting attention to this area, all right? Because everyone wants to know what the one thing is, and there's not one thing. That's the thing. That's the secret, right? Everyone wants to know the one thing for riches or one thing to be – fit for life and healthy for life or the one thing to live forever, the one thing to fix your memory. There's not a magic pill, but there are processes. So here are the 10 things. Mm. So rate yourself zero to 10 on these things. Number one is a good brain diet, right? A good brain mm. diet, meaning that you are what you eat, that what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. What you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. So there are, um, I did a whole episode of my top 10 favorite brain foods but some of them include avocados, very good for your brain. Um, blueberries, I call them brain berries, very neuroprotective. Yeah, Broccoli, very good for your brain. Olive oil, good for your brain. Um, if your diet allows it, eggs, very good for your brain. Green leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. If your diet allows it, wild-caught salmon and sardines. The, the fish oils are really good for your brain because your brain is mostly fatty. Uh, turmeric, very good for your brain, anti-inflammatory. I make a, a golden, you know, milk tea every single morning um, with some honey and I put a little pepper. helps you to absorb the turmeric better, um, which is very powerful. Um, walnuts, very good for your brain. Dark chocolate, very good for your brain. Dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. So what's good for your mood generally is good for your mind. So a good brain diet, and then avoiding the negative stuff, right, the processed foods and the sugars and all that stuff. Cause they've taken sugar out of, like, schools, and it's, like, crazy how hyperactivity and everything goes down, wow. tension goes up and, and everything. So good brain diet. So on a scale of 0 to 10, people just rate themselves. Number two, killing ants is clinically proven good for your brain. And you're like, what? <laughs> ants stands for automatic negative. Yeah, automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative uh, thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah. num um, you had me wondering because, that at the moment, Jim. Yes. So um, we, we just we talked about this, you know, right here about the power of belief. And a lot of people, 
If you say to yourself, people say this all the time, oh, I have a horrible memory or I'm just getting older or whatever. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Mm-hmm. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And what I would say is monitor your self-talk. If you realized how powerful your mind was, truly was, you wouldn't think or say anything that was that you didn't want to be true. You wouldn't say or think anything you want to be true. And not that you have one bad thought and that ruins your life any more than eating one donut will ruin your life, but it's the consistent yeah. pattern. So monitor your self-talk because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Um, number three is exercise. Number three is exercise because primarily the reason you have a brain is to control your body. As your body moves, your brain grooves. But on a scale of zero to ten, how much are you moving? That's the question. Mm. All right, because they say sitting is a new smoking. And most people are just sitting eight hours a day and you need to move. And when you move, you learn better. You know, we know that through Mm. studies that when people are on an elliptical or they're doing for a walk or a light jog and they're listening to something, like an audio book or a podcast like this, they're going to learn it better. When you move, when your body moves, your brain grooves. It actually promotes neurogenesis, neuroplasticity. It creates uh, what they call BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factors, which is like fertilizer for creating new brain cells. So move. Number four, brain nutrients. That's number four. Basically, get, go to a functional medicine doctor, get your you know nutrient profile done, and see if you're lacking in certain nutrients. Because you could be doing all of this, learning the best speed reading techniques, but if you're low in certain nutrients, key nutrients like vitamin B, or, you know, one of the most important supplements are DHA, you know, your omega-3s. And so if you're not, yeah. you know, so, so go get, get, go, go get tested to see if you're lacking because maybe your diet is not all it could be. So rate that. After that, positive peer group. That's number five, a positive peer group. Because it's not just your neurological networks or your biological networks, it's your social networks. And we've all heard yeah. who you spend time with is who you become, right? If you spend time with nine broke people, be careful because you're going to be the 10th, right? <laughs> but the reason is, is because we start adopting the behaviors and the habits and the attitudes of the people we spend time with and the values. Like whether or not you smoke or not has less to do with your biology and more to do with if your friend's friend smoke going to have a greater influence. So who are you spending time with? It's good for your brain. Number six, clean environment. You know this. When, when everyone who's listening to this, when you clean your office, you clean your desk, you clean your laptop, you know, what's on your screen, you have clarity of thought, right? Because your external world is a reflection of your internal world. Number seven is sleep. This is a huge one, right? Like you could be doing everything else right, eating right and, you know, and, and, and learning all the time and, and getting you up, but if you don't get that one bad night of sleep, one bad night of sleep, how's your brain the next day? You know, how's your ability to make the decisions? How's your thinking? You know, how's your memory? You know, it's probably very foggy. So sleep on a scale of zero. Just, in, ter- how's your sleep? in terms of in terms of sleep, just could you address like is there a set is there a optimal yeah, amount of hours absolutely. someone should sleep? Can you can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I've done I've done. Four episodes on sleep. That's how important it is. You know, I struggle with um, with sleep apnea, which is a breathing disorder. You know, myself. So sleep is something that's very important for th- for three reasons. Number one, when you sleep, it's where you consolidate short to long term memory. So people who cram at school, that's absolutely not good for you. 
Um, if, for, if you want to learn more and study at the cram the night before because you're giving a TED Talk or a presentation at work, you need to be able to sleep. It's where you take short-term and convert the long-term memory. Second reason you sleep is it's where you clean plaque that can lead to dementia. You know, so you at sleep, when you go sleep, that's the sewage system. It actually cleans things out that can lead to a lot of these brain aging issues. And then the third reason why you want to sleep, I'm giving you the motivation to make this a priority, everyone listening, is um, this is where you dream. People don't realize this, mm. but a lot of inventions and things in culture and everything came from a dream state, meaning Frankenstein came to Mary Shelley in her dream. Like um, mm. Paul McCartney... Oh. Paul McCartney came up with the song Yesterday in his dream. Elias Howe created the sewing machine in his dream. A chemist dreamt of the framework of the periodic table, you know, in his, in his dream, right? So what are you dreaming about? But in order, you know, so we did a whole episode on how to remember your dreams, but it means you have to be able to sleep in order to have those revelations because when you're learning all day and you're working all day solving problems as an entrepreneur or whatever, your brain doesn't shut off at night. It's more active, if anything. Uh, so it's doing extra work for you. That's what you need to be able to sleep and then remember it. Now, how do you maximize your sleep? There are a number of things. I'll give you a few. Um, this is from Dr. Michael Bruce. We had him on the show. He's a mm. sleep expert, America's sleep doctor. He says five, five quick things. Num, num, um, number one, number one is stay on a schedule. That even if you have to, wow. you know, if you're getting up at 6 a.m. for work every, you know, every day, then even on the weekends, get up at 6 a.m. because the body likes that continuity and a consistency. So one schedule. Number two, when it, for, uh, for when it, uh, speaking of going to, uh, to sleep, no caffeine past 2 p.m. Okay. So no, no coffee and everything past 2 p.m. because it stays in your system. Uh, number three oh. is make sure you eat three hours before, finish eating three hours before bedtime. Make sure you finish eating three hours before bedtime. Number four, make sure you work out four hours before bedtime because if you work out too close to night, you're, you're still, you're still wired. And number five, give, give the sun a high five in the morning. Get out in the sun if possible first thing in the morning because it's all based around your, 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 uh, cycles around daylight, you know. And so, you know, even melatonin production, that's why they say, um, you know, make sure you have blackout curtains, make sure you're not looking at a screen late at night, because when you look at your laptop or an iPad or your phone, it emits this blue light, and blue light inhibits the uh, production of melatonin, um, which helps you to relax and go to sleep. So there's some quick sleep hacks. Um, so that's number seven. Number seven. That's number seven. Great. And number What's eight, number eight? Brain, protection. Number eight is brain protection. So if you want a, a good brain, you have to protect your brain from physical trauma. So a lot of, you know, I've had three traumatic brain injuries, um, accidents and stuff. So wear a helmet, avoid, um, you know, extreme sports. And I don't just mean that. I also mean protect your brain from EMFs. There's more and more research coming out about the harmful effects of electromagnetic fields meaning never in mm. human history have we been exposed to the amount of, like, you know, electricity in the world. And most of it is because we carry these devices right in our, in our pockets at all times. Yeah. They're, they're by our heads all the time. And we don't know. That it's not – the human brain wasn't conditioned for that kind of exposure. And I did an interview with Dr. Joe Mercola on our show, and he has a new book that he's writing called um, – 
the AMF extinction, you know, like the damaging. And I, I read recently, Kut, that over 90% of kids sleep with their phones underneath their pillows, you know, like, so their head is like they're all wow. that we don't, we just, Crazy. we don't know how that's harming things. And there, there are these studies online. It's insane. So that's number eight, protect your brain. So how do you, how, how do you, what is a way someone could protect themselves from EMF? Is there, any, is there anything they can do? Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, so, so just like with food and everything else, nobody's going to be perfect because we live in the real world, right? There's always going to yeah. be pollution. There's always going to be something that's on your food or whatever. So it's never perfect. But so that's never the goal. But it's, the goal is, you know, is, is to be smart about it and then, and make progress. So, you know, for me, mm. you know, I, I have a video that's out that's been seen 35 million times viewed on Facebook. It's just about the the challenges with our smart devices, that the worst habit you could have is checking your phone the first hour of the day, you know? And so uh-huh. like, because when you wake up in the first hour of the day, you're in this relaxed state of awareness. You're so creative, but you're also very impressionable. And then if you pick up your phone, it's training your mind. It's rewiring your brain to be distracted you know, because awesome. if you have trouble focusing in life, it's because a lot of times you're training your distraction muscles because every like, share, comment, you know, you get this dopamine flood every single time you watch a cat video, you know, because it's novelty and it makes you <laughs> addictive because it goes along your, your motivation, learning centers of your nervous system. Um, but the other thing is your smart devices, if you're checking it first thing in the morning, it's training you, it's rewiring your brain to be reactive, which is almost as dangerous. You cannot build an incredible day if you can't control the first hour of the day, much less your life. Mm-hmm. If you're just picking up the phone when you're in this relaxed, meditative state when you first wake up, and you're training your brain to react to texts and voicemails and emails, and you're reacting to everything as opposed to proactively having a vision for your life, right? You're fighting fires. And, you know, my uh, Brendan Burchard says, your inbox is nothing but a convenient organizational system for other people's agenda for your life. You know, it's, it's crazy, right? Just reacting to everything. So don't do that. So I would say one of the things to mitigate EMFs is just not to sleep with your phone in the bedroom. Like, go get an analog clock on Amazon for $6, you know, at least put it on airplane mode, just, you know, to to keep yourself protected from that area. Um, So in the first hour, in the first hour, in the first hour of the day, let's say, Jim, what what, what do you do? What what do you think, if someone's in that relaxed state, is there anything that they can do that you feel would be most, that that would set them up most optimally for the day? Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll give people a handful of things. Um, So morning routines are important, all right, your habits. And the reason why I focus so much of my work on habit change is first you create your habits and then your habits create you. Right. First, you create your habits of meditation and journaling and eating right and working out. And then those habits create you back. So a few things I do in the morning, you know, I do, you know, like the dozen things to jumpstart my brain. Everybody has a morning routine. Tim Ferriss has his. Oprah has hers. Tony Robbins has his. For me, everything is brain derived. It's like, how do I maximize my, my mind? So first thing I wake up in the morning is I remember my dreams. So I go through a six-step process on how to remember my dreams. I did an episode on that I mentioned. Number two is I make my bed. And why is that good for your brain? It's because it's all conditioning. How you do anything is how you do everything. So you want to be able to start with excellence. It only takes you a minute or two to make your bed, but you start with success, and success builds on success. 
the other reason why you make yeah. your bed is when you come home at the end of the night, you come full circle back to your success, right? So yeah. build on something and train yourself to be excellent. Third thing that I do in the morning is I brush my teeth. And you're like, Jim, so what? Everyone brushes their teeth. Well, I brush my teeth. I challenge my <laughs> mind, my brain, by brushing my teeth with the opposite hand. There's so many studies uh-huh. done, even one by Dr. Lawrence Katz, about working with seniors to find out little behaviors they could do to keep their brain engaged to, you know, to elder years. And a lot of it is like eating with the opposite hand because neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. neurogenesis, creating new brain cell connections comes from challenging yourself. Plus, it's a great exercise, coot in presence. Like, there are people that want to remember names better and do these things. The art of memory is the art of attention, the art of being present. And when you're challenging yourself to, let's say, brush your teeth with the opposite hand, you have to focus on it. It gets you right in the now as opposed to your mind everywhere else. Another thing I do in the morning, besides having a tall glass of water and probiotics, you know, because you want to hydrate, is I take a cold shower. And uh, people Mm -hmm. are like, Jim, I loved you till now, but... (laughs) I'm losing, right? you know, like, but but, but yeah. here's the thing, cold showers, I talk about inflammation, you know, in, in your body with turmeric. Another thing, you know, inflammation, you know, is the cause of a lot of the biggest challenges that we have physically. And a cold shower mm-hmm. helps to lower inflammation in your body. And it's the nice nervous system reset also. Plus, I like to challenge myself because part of it is also developing grit and getting used to what's uncomfortable because if you have challenges talking to that person you're attracted to or asking for that raise or or being bold in some way, then what you want to do is train yourself to be uncomfortable because that shows up in other areas. So you build those kind of emotional Mm -hmm. muscles. So I I think grit is important. So cold showers. Then I make a brain tea with Coca-Cola and some ginkgo, some lion's mane, some honey, I, you know, I, I journal in the morning. I do my gratitude practice. You know, I, there's an exercise that, that we talked about in our podcast um, where they, they did a study at Appalachian State University, and they had people work out at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. They wanted to find out the best time to work out, you know, and how it affected weight loss and sleep. It was 7 a.m. So they say yep. doing it in the morning jumpstarts your day and your, your metabolism and everything. It doesn't have to be your full workout. You can still work out in the afternoon, but just doing something intense for three minutes, like doing some burpees or some squats or something to get the uh, – what's good for your heart is going to be good for your head. So those are things just to do. And, and you don't ever get it perfect. There are lots of things you could do, but um, but most important is to do something. You know, so that, that's what I'm thinking about, about morning routine. And so that's number eight, number eight? brain protection. Yeah. Eight, eight is brain protection, which we talked about wearing a helmet and, you know, avoiding your phone and all that stuff. Number nine is new learnings, new learnings. Mm. So just remember, if you want to have an ageless brain, you want to be able to learn new things. Because the, the key to neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, again, neurogenesis is creating new brain cells. Neuroplasticity is making new connections with your brain. And you can do that to the day you die. People never thought that was possible, but that's what the science is saying. The key is novelty and nutrition. Just like building your body, if you want to build your physical body, you have to give it novelty, right? You exercise, and then you have to give it nutrition to feed it. Same thing with your mental muscles. So new learning is number nine, challenging yourself. It was actually, there's a study done on these nuns who are living, um, had this incredible longevity. I call them super nuns. They, they were living 80, 90 and above. And when they did the research, it was on the cover of Time magazine. The research said that 
half of it had to do with their gratitude, their emotional faith, but the other half had to do with they were lifelong learners. And that added to their years, um, but also added life to their years also. And then finally, number 10 is stress management, managing your stress. When you're stressed, you're always carrying cortisol, adrenaline. It's, it puts you, it's good for physical activity, like fight or flight. It's not good if you need to take a test. It's not good if you need to prepare for a meeting. It's not good if you need to give a presentation or remember someone's name. And chronic stress actually shrinks your brain. Um, so you want to be able to have practices that like to be able to cope with the, the everyday stresses that we have. And so meditation, body work, massage, you know, all the mindfulness practices, anything that gets you into more of a parasympathetic state. And so that would be very, very good for your brain. So I go through these 10 really fast and notice this. Just go through because you could do everything and not get a good night's sleep, and that's going to affect your brain performance. You could do all of this and be stressed out of your mind, and that's going to be a problem. You could do all of this, eat the best diet, but you're around toxic people, and that's going to affect your mindset and your, and your, your performance. So everything matters, especially to your gray matter. And what I would say is the lesson here is your brain is not fixed like your shoe size. Your memory is not capped. It is a trained mu- skill, and it, it is a fitness not just about mental fitness, like mental intelligence, about being mentally fit. And all of us, no matter our age or our background, have control over what we eat, about getting rid of our negative thoughts, about how we move, about what we take supplement-wise, about, you know, who we spend time with, clean environments, sleep, protecting your brain, new learning. And most of the stuff is free, you know, outside of the food, (laughs) stress management and getting sleep and spending time with good people, you know, and exercising, mm-hmm. all that, moving, it's all doable. I love what you're saying because it really puts the responsibility, you know, back in, in our hands. Uh, Jim, I know time is, is running short, but I have two quick questions for you. Yeah. Before. I, I have a, one question and a final question. And, you know, I think you really shared some really pow- simple, applicable, really powerful keys to folks as you listen to this conversation with uh, my friend, you made some Jim Quick. I hope you've been taking notes implement these 10 uh, keys that he's sharing in terms of developing brain health. But Jim, in terms of like cultivating these new habits, is there anything, because I know that some, some folks will be listening to this and they'll say, okay, I'm going to do all these things and then they don't exercise and then they yeah. want to yeah. make their bed, but they don't. Yeah. They want to get the sleep I'll habits, do. but they don't. So, how, so what, what can someone yeah. do to, to, in a simple way just to start to, to begin to increase their uh, uh, I guess success in cultivating yeah. positive this habits is what I would, and breaking this, those this is what I would. Yeah, I would suggest these three things. This is how you turn knowledge and turn it into power, right? Because yeah. everyone knows what to do, but no one do, does what they know because common sense is not common practice. What you want to do is you want to train your thinking and your thoughts, your self-talk to three things. When you're learning something brand new, and you can re-listen to this episode, I would, I would challenge everyone to re-listen to this episode through these three filters. Ask yourself these three questions, write them down, put them in your phone, put it on a post-it note, put it in your alarm to go off. Three questions. Number one, how can I use this? Get obsessed with asking yourself, how can I use this? That's the creativity. And so when you start asking, you'll start receiving right? Because you start focusing on ways you could use it and creative ways you could use it. So listen, re-listen this episode saying, how can I use this? Second question you want to be able to ask is, why must I use this? Why must I use this? Because now that you know what to do, 
right, how you're going to do it, but you don't, you're not doing it, give yourself the reasons why, because reasons reap results. Reasons reap results. Mm-hmm. Head, heart, hands. You can put stuff in goals in your head, but if you're not acting with your hands, check them with the second H, which is your heart, the emotions, right? So reasons first. So ask yourself why. What are the benefits that are going to come for it? Because that's going to give you the reasons. And finally, the third question you want to ask yourself, first one, how can I use this? Why must I use this? Third question, when will I use this? When will mm-hmm. I use this? Because your calendar is like the most powerful productivity tool that you have. And if you don't, if you could talk about stuff all day, but honestly, nobody cares. It's a dream. They've heard you talk about this stuff before. Until you put it into your calendar, like it's in there, like you have your other stuff that you wouldn't cancel on, then it becomes real. And so you have all this ideas for how can you use it. Then you have all these reasons for why you will use it. And then you put in your calendar and then it becomes something that's real, something you wouldn't cancel on anybody. You know, and so, so out of the conversation we have, you know, put in your calendar when you're going to go to sleep or when you're going to read that book or when you're going to go and go shopping for these 10 superfoods that Jim said to go buy, then it's going to happen. And that's how you take the invisible and you make it tangible. I love it, Jim. Beautiful. Jim, you've been a, a real fount of knowledge, folks. You heard it from Jim Quick. Jim, if there were, just final question, if there were, you know, three, if you were to look back on your life, everything you've learned, successes, failures, you know, everything that, that you've gone through, if you were to distill it down to the three keys, and these were the only three bits of wisdom you could pass on to the next generation, you know, your kids, your grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera, that you feel would evolve the next generation the most, what are the three keys that you've learned, the three keys to, to life, to fulfillment, to happiness, the most important lessons that you could pass on to the listeners today? Yeah, I would say three lessons that I would share. I mean, there's so many, um, obviously, because of, you know, yeah. just, I mean, we've all had this, this, this life. I believe, the, I believe the life we live are the lessons we teach. Um, so I would focus on, on three G's. I would commit yourself, everybody, to three G's. Um, I wish I would have learned this earlier. The first G mm-hmm. is growth. Commit yourself to constant growth right, having a growth mindset, that nothing is fixed, that everything could be improved. Commit to the second G, which is, which is the grit, what I was talking about, that stop avoiding the hard things because that's where you get the muscle, meaning that if you just do what's easy all the time, put things off, procrastinate, then life is hard. But if you train yourself to do the hard things, life becomes easy. So build that grit. You build grit in putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, um, and then finally, the third G is gratitude. We did a whole thing mm. on how gratitude rewires your brain. <clears throat> and so what you appreciate appreciates in your life. What you appreciate appreciates. And so I think gratitude is the beginning for any kind of happiness, success, fulfillment. And so I would, I would live by those three Gs. The fourth G, I would say, is, um, mm. is giving, is giving. And, you know, give. Give not to get, but give because it's who you are, because it always comes back. Even I would challenge everyone listening to this right now to give back. And what I mean by that is I subscribe to a formula. You learn to earn to return. Learn, earn, then return, meaning I challenge everybody to take a screenshot of this episode, re-listen to it, and then tag tag myself at Jim Quick on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
and then post your big aha, meaning that's your return. Because when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. If you want to learn, my parting words for people is, if you want to learn something fast, learn with the intention of teaching somebody else because you'll learn it better. So take a screenshot of this episode, re-listen if you need to, and then post your big aha, tag us in both, tag both of us there, and then you're putting it out publicly in your, your big lesson, your big eureka moment, or something you're going to do brand new, share it publicly because that will change the perception where it's not our information, it's yours. It's who you are. Mm. You're putting it out there. And then when I see them, I'll answer some of the questions and I'll, I'll repost some of my, my favorite, my favorites also as well. I love it, Jim. You're, you're a true legend. You know, I mean, you have filled this short time we've had with so much information, folks. Hope you're feeling uh, the love from Jim Quick. And you actually just answered kind of the final thing I tend to ask my guests, which is a homework assignment. So, Folks, uh, I want you to take on this little uh, challenge from Jim. Take a screenshot, uh, re-listen to the podcast, post your big aha, tag Jim Quick, tag Coop Blackson uh, on social media, and uh, we want to know your learnings, Jim. I want to thank you for your love. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for everything you've shared. You are a true epitome of the fourth key, which is giving. I think you've given everyone so much. What's the best way people can find out about you, connect to your work and your courses yeah. and just everything you're up to? Is there a website? Yeah. Really, the best is quick learning, uh, quickbrain.com, K-W-I-K Brain. It's our show. It's our podcast. Our show is only 15 minutes long, Brain Hacks for Busy People and to Learn Faster, Achieve More, How to Read a Book a Week, How to Learn Another Language, How to Change Your Habits, How to Memorize the t- Your Top 10 Favorite Brain Foods, How to Remember Names. And so you could find it on your favorite podcast app. Just search my name or go to kwikbrain.com and on social media. You know, you and I... I know you and I have been connected there for a long time too. Just um, at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And I just want to leave everybody with this, is I believe your life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. All great things begin on the inside. And everyone listening, you have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. And uh, that's why I love this show, because we're going to let it out together. Thanks, Coop. Awesome, Jim. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. I have uh, fallen in love with you even more, Jim. You're a beautiful human being. Folks, check out Jim Quick's uh, information. We will post uh, his websites and all the ways you can you know, find out more about what Jim's up to. I definitely, definitely recommend, as you can see, the fount of knowledge, information, and, and deep, deep wisdom. <clears throat> so definitely send me an email folks Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com as well I want to know some of your key takeaways from today's conversation take on the uh, Jim Quick Challenge take the screenshot and I look forward to uh, connecting with you all in the next episode of Soul Talk sending you much love everyone share this episode with all you love love now if you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk please do share the podcast with all of your friends let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. 
www.thinkingdigital.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.